Welcome to the I'm Done Apologizing podcast, where we're creating a community of women who advocate and empower. I'm Michelle, and I'm so glad you're joining me. I'm excited to bring on this week's guest, Lisa Ortiz. Lisa is a director of Housing and Residence Life, mother of two children and four fur babies. With older, active children, Lisa has learned a lot about what motherhood entails. During this week's episode, we'll learn more from Lisa on how mom guilt is a broken social structure. Stick around. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me this week. I'm really excited to hear your thoughts around mom guilt. And so we're just going to jump right into the questions that I have for you. So um, share with my listeners a little bit about how you got interested in the topic of mom guilt as a broken social structure. I think the biggest thing for me, I am a mother. Um, both of my children are rising sophomores, one in college and one in high school. Um, my role as a caregiver is definitely changing. Um, they have the tools to be successful. Now it's their time to shine. But looking back, I can remember years and years of being feeling guilty, whether it was for my job, for the choices that I was making, not being there enough for them. Every piece and every memory has a little bit of that guilt in it, whether it was professionally mm -hmm. or personally. And looking back at it, it began before they were even born. Um, you get bombarded by messages of you're not doing enough for them, whether it's eating the right food, whether it's taking the right vitamins. It's really that message of no matter what choices you're making, something could go wrong for that child. Then you go into your birthing plan and there's natural birth, not natural birth. I had two C-sections, one emergency, one weird. Um, but it was that conversation of you get guilt of not being able to have the natural birth uh, yeah. because you had to have the emergency C-section. Then moving on, even breastfeeding, breastfeeding, formula feeding. What do you, when do you start the actual food? All of those little pieces send the message to you as a mother that you need to feel guilty about something. Whether it's bonding with the child, whether that's um, using a bottle instead of a breast, whatever that looks like it's set up to make you feel guilty through our media, through what our doctors tell us, through the messages sent at the hospital. All of that is to have you a little bit guessing, guessing, are you yeah. doing the right thing for your child? And you should feel a little guilty and never quite secure in that position of motherhood, that there's always something else you could be doing for your child to make them more successful and to make sure that when they grow up, they shine. Um, it's definitely a message that's sent. It it perpetuates that level of gender inequality in our mm -hmm. in our society. Uh, the idea that when the mother is in the workforce, they still have the weight or the responsibility of the child. Yeah. Whether you're a single mom like myself or married, that that concept of no matter what, the mom has the weight of the work at home to raise that mm -hmm. child. Um, to make sure they're fed correctly, to make sure your house is set up, that they have the right schooling, that you're reading enough to them. And if even if you choose to do something for yourself, whether it's professionally or personally, you're taking time away from your kid and your responsibilities. So that guilt is always looming, kind of like a wet wool blanket. I use that analogy a lot. 
It's a wet wool blanket. Sometimes it's a little drier, but for the most part, it's always hanging around your neck somewhere. Yeah. Um, and we feed into it. We allow ourselves to be gaslit. We allow ourselves to believe it um, because you want to do what's right for your child or absolutely. children. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. There was a ton in there. I mean, as you were, um, as you were describing this, I was like, yeah, like, you know, I think that I also had two C-sections, right? And so when uh, when my pregnant friends are like, yeah, I think I'm having contractions. I was like, don't look at me because I don't know what those are, right? Like I just never had them sort of thing. So um, yeah, all of the, all the guilt that's set up early in motherhood, right, is so fascinating. Um, it's so fascinating to, to think through. So, okay. So, um, Lisa, you and I work in the same line of work, right? The same industry. So um, that can just kind of be organically uh, create this sense of mom guilt. How have you helped to curb this perceived yet very real feeling guilt? Yeah, our field is difficult. It's very nomadic. Um, in order to move up, the statement usually is, is you have to move out. So you have to jump from different institutions in order to be, find success, which is not very good when you're trying to raise children and give them stability. Um, also in our job, it's, it's very demanding. Uh, the expectation is that you're working long hours, that you're on call, um, that you're visible, which I hate that word visibility, but that's a different piece for a different location. <laughs> Never be visible enough, no matter how hard you work. Um, and I, quite frankly, I've always been very vocal about my children coming first. Uh, when they were younger, I would work eight to five. I would leave at five. And then once they went to bed, get back on my computer, start doing work. And I was criticized for that, that I was not giving enough to the position, that I was not visible enough to the students. Um, there are times that I interviewed and the fact that I am vocal for other positions, the fact that I am vocal about that balance piece uh, was a detriment um, because people recognize the fact that I knew the work would be there the next day. Yeah. And that's something that all of us need to learn as women is that the work will be there the next day. Um, that we can step away from a majority of our, our work. Yes, there's emergencies. Yes, there's crises. For, but for the most part, our work can wait. It can wait yeah. until we've spent the time with our children. It can wait until we've taken that moment for ourselves. And quite frankly, it helped me to be a better professional. Yeah. So um, one of the things I really, really did learn over the years is that everything I do in my job benefits my children. Um, whether it's financially, whether that's by giving them a positive role model for them to see as a leader. Uh, there were many times when I was giving presentations that my children would be in the back of whatever room we were in and they heard their mother talking. They heard their mother being that leader in the different areas. Um, they've also been to programs where they're handing out raffle tickets or they're setting it up or they're just having an opportunity to talk with students who are different than themselves. Yeah. And all of that made me realize that helped them to develop as individuals. It helped them mm -hmm. to develop their values. And it really did help them to get have a more global view of the world because yeah. they were listening to presentations that may not have always been at age appropriate for the most part. They sure. heard 
heard they may have heard some other things that meh. but in the same line they were hearing about um you know uh, cultural awareness they were learning about other people's thoughts they were learning about academic success and some of it sunk in some of it went over their heads because they were their nose was in my phone um but in the same light at least they were in that atmosphere yeah um, one thing i also really did learn is that as a supervisor i have the opportunity to make a change and make it easier mm-hmm. for those that are following behind me uh yeah. in my director role i very much encourage flexibility if your kid has something go do it you're going to make up the hours at some point. I'm not worried about you taking an hour to go into a classroom to listen to your kid present about something. And if I can alleviate that mom guilt for you, you're going to be more committed to the work that you're doing when you come back because of that efficiency factor. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I have been very fortunate to have supervisors who allow me to bring my kiddos to work with me, especially, you know, when daycare's closed or school's out or whatever those things might be. And um, while I just think it's fun for most of the other folks in the office, I really was resonating when you were saying that it's teaching them skills. Um, you know, like I'm, I make them engage with uh, adults in a uh-huh. way that, you know, they may not normally do that outside of teachers or, you know, those sorts of things. And so um, I am looking forward to the day when I see that sort of um, skill set come to, like, come to come to the forefront for them. So that's a really cool, that's a really cool highlight there. It was interesting. My daughter went off to college this year, my oldest, and we were talking about get engaged, get involved. And she's like, I've already been to all the organization events. And I'm like, yes, but you know what to do. You know how to engage. And then she's like, mom, I've been to programs and helping you put put on programs forever. I'm like, well, now you get to do it yourself. You saw what worked, what didn't work. And she really did have a successful first year in that engagement piece because she knew what to do. Yeah, that's so awesome. Cool. Well, um, you've mentioned that you are a single mom, and so I'm um, making an assumption that you've probably created some sort of a system of support. Can you talk with my list or share with my listeners, I guess, um, about your support system as a mom? Um, yes, my family is a couple hours away, so in order to get family support, it has been somewhat difficult. Um, when my children are little, they would stay with their grandma at grandma camp in the summer for a couple weeks just to give me that chance to breathe and them to get a chance to learn who their grandparent, grand, grandma was. Um, there were stories that came out of grandma camp that still have, we joke about today, whether it's playing Uno or collecting sea glass because grandma lives on a beach or not changing out of your bathing suit for two weeks on end. <laughs> uh, so thankfully I always had that support system and I wasn't afraid to let them go. Um, you know, that mom guilt, if you feel like you have, your children have to be around you 24 seven, it's learning to let go uh, and trust yeah. your village, whether it's your family. Um, both my kids play incredibly competitive sports because <laughs> you can't sit at home and not do anything. Um, so through the sports and through school, you start to develop who is gonna be in your village. Um, you learn to trust people very quickly. And it helps, again, it's that concept of your children understanding that other adults can make an impact on them and be a part of that village. There were times I would be throwing one of my kids in a car and taking another kid in my car, throwing McDonald's them in the backseat and just driving. So 
it's really knowing that you do have to let go mm-hmm. that you can't control every situation and with that village it's as much as they were looking for you for that I was looking for them they were looking for you too yeah. so um many of the people in my village the kids know my doors are wide open um there's been times I've walked into my house and didn't even know my kids friends were there <laughs> um, but they needed to ride somewhere so they were dropped off early or they just yeah. didn't know where else to go so they came over and I have a pantry yeah. full of snacks and a lot of phone phone numbers in my phone and and willing to offer that opportunity so here we go yeah no I love that that piece about learning to let go of it um, I know, I think, you know, my kids are younger. And so we're just at the age where we're starting to get involved and wanting to do things and um, le- starting to build our village really and lean into it. We're in a similar boat where our families are a few hours away. And so um, having to lean into neighbors and school friends and scout friends and all the things I think is, um, is like, absolutely, that resonated with me for sure, for sure. Okay, so you have older children, and I have younger children, so I'm ready to see into the future, the crystal ball, a little bit through your lens. So, like, what matters now that your children are older? What matters now is that I'm there for them. Um, Because I built that relationship with my kids when they were younger, uh, and I let go, it's trusting that I gave them the skills that they needed to be successful in that next step. But both of them know that I will always be there. Um, There were consistent calls for my daughter while she was at college of just, hey, this is what I did today. I failed miserably. What do we do to make this go forward? And they knew even with, well, she knew, even with not being as successful as she wanted, she always had that support system home with me. Um, I talked very openly with them about your life is your life. It's not mine. You need to find your mm-hmm. success and what that means to you, because it's going to mean something different for both of us. Um, I can't measure your success. I can't measure your happiness. That has to be up to you. But along with that is the opportunity to fail in that process. Mm-hmm. So there's so much learning that can be done from a kid failing and learning how to fix it on their own or getting mm-hmm. into a situation that is frightening or uncomfortable and then having to navigate through it that that's really been the learning process in the last couple years as they've gotten older when they were little yes if they were touching something hot or they're going to get in a situation where they were going to hurt themselves I would stop them now for the most part they're going to have to make that choice and they're going to have to make that decision understand that there's consequences to it right Uh, Looking back when they were younger, everything that I worried about when they were born doesn't matter. Um, That sounds awful, but it doesn't matter that I used the wrong detergent. It doesn't matter that I didn't do organic food or non-disposable diapers. It really doesn't matter to who they are as humans. Um, What mattered is that I took the time to give a crap about them, that I took a time to learn their personalities, to encourage their personalities, uh, to recognize strengths and try to push it. And if they had a goal, support them in it instead of saying, are you sure? Is that really a good idea? Okay, we can do it. But 
I, I use the example, well, one thought I have is my daughter always had business plans. She wanted to sell bracelets or she wanted to do this. And so I was like, okay, even though I knew dang well, I was just going to end up investing 20 bucks and nothing was going to happen out of it. <laughs> um, but we created a business plan and she put thought into it and made decisions on what she was selling and how she was selling. And, and through that process, she learned, yeah, I never got my money back. Yeah, I doubt she even broke even. But by allowing her to go through that process and learn it herself, she was making the choices. For sure. I'm doing For it right sure. now with my my son who started a gutter cleaning service and he made wonderful flower, flyers that didn't even include what he was selling. So he, <laughs> he threw that and he delivered them in mailboxes and has had one job out of it, which okay. let's yeah. clean up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So that's good. That's good insight. Like, um, definitely helps my mom go a little bit as I think about like their dreams, right? They're, like my oldest is starting to talk about some of the things she wants to do. So, um, that's, that's a fun, that's a fun thing that's coming, right? Like to be able to see some of that on the horizon. So that's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, they're going to fall in love with something and you want them to fall in love with something yeah. and it's just supporting them whether it's table tennis girl scouts my world it's hockey whatever that is yeah. and you're going to encourage them through it yeah yeah that's so fun that's so fun all right so um that was a super quick amount of time that went by so we kind of are at the end already um so what kind of additional tips or or thoughts do you have for my listeners especially the moms out there I think the first thing is remember your truth that's something I wish I had learned a long time ago is and anytime now that I'm older and I've gone through it a little bit more, every time I feel the snowball of feeling like I'm not enough, I take a minute to stop and remember the actual truth. So any uh, good example is we do celebrate Christmas at my house. You never feel like you have enough presents underneath the tree or no, enough decorations. So taking that moment and really reflecting for myself of saying, no, I've already done this, 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 and this. And once you start listing out those truths, you start to remember that you are enough, that those truths actually exist and no one can take that away from you. The other thing is, remember that if you love your children and you're worried about being a good parent, that means you're a good parent. Mm -hmm. It's the people that don't worry about being good enough that I question, well, I question, but people should question. So the minute I feel like I'm enough, that's the minute I would start questioning my motherhood. Um, but the fact that I'm asking those questions and have that guilt doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It means that I'm actually loving my children, that I want them to find success and that I am being there to be that support system for them. Right. Remember to believe in yourself, that you are enough, that you're doing enough and that you love them. And that's all you can do. I love that. I'm taking notes here, Lisa. I'm taking notes. I love it. I love it. This has been really good. I think that, that, gosh, regardless of the age of our children, we probably continue to have that. And we, and maybe, it, maybe we outgrow it with our kids and maybe we don't, 
maybe it gets a little less than Mm -hmm. as an early mom. But um, I think that it's so important for us to talk about it because we label things, but we don't really talk about the mom guilt. So, um, so I appreciate you spending time with my listeners this week and, and sharing all this good insight and this great information um, with my listeners. So, Thank you. Well, friends, thank you so much for sticking around this week and for listening to Lisa talk about mom guilt as a broken social structure. Hopefully you took something away. I know I took lots of good notes during our time together. And um, this week's affirmations are, I'm done apologizing for spending time focused on me. I'm done apologizing for worrying about my kiddos. I'm done apologizing for building and leaning into my village or my support system. And this one's for you. I'm done apologizing for. Friends, go out, have an incredible week. Do the amazing things that I know you're capable of. And don't forget to like, follow, and share wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you love this episode, make sure you screenshot it. Send it to a friend who you think would be interested in this topic or any past topic you might be re-listening to. And remember, you are fabulous. You're a badass. You've got this, and I'm here for you.